Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. So it's crazy, but um, but you know, I just think like I don't know if you're a parent or you're facing hard times. Like we we know that our character is built in those moments, but like we also like our safety is built in those moments, and nobody can take away the knowledge of problem solving and figuring out how to be resourceful. Nobody can take that away from me, and it served me so well. So the big questions are these. How can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Zung, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung, and I am so excited today to have the queen visionary in the house. Shanda Sumter is the queen visionary of hardcore business. She has a training company. She's like on the brink of hitting eight figures designed to give entrepreneurs the powerful systems they can use to share their gifts. And she's a dynamic speaker, trainer, business coach, And she still has enough time for her family, self-development hobbies, and the rest. She has a beautiful home on the ocean. She loves her life. It is her mission to help entrepreneurs. And she went through her own struggle. And um, we're going to get into all of that here. So we're going to be talking today about how she went from tears to triumph. Welcome, Shanda. Hi. I was like, I just wrote myself a little note. Somebody needs to rewrite my bio because we're well past eight figures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so but it doesn't matter because that's not what actually speaks about who I am. So, yes. It's, it's totally I, and so I, I, I didn't read the part in your uh, intro because I wanted you to talk more about it, about how you had $500 to your name. You were like facing the prospect of moving back to your parents. Tell us all about that. Yeah. Um, gosh, it, it feels like it feels like it was yesterday because I feel like I, I walk that path every time my life grows to the next level, that moment of like uncertainty. But I'm from Vancouver, Canada, and my girlfriend and I uh, decided that we were going to move from Vancouver to America and be American girls or Canadian girls in America. And we actually wanted to live in California. We wanted to live in Los Angeles and we ended up in Las Vegas. And I... Quite far enough. We didn't quite make it. And so, but I had $500 in an envelope and I didn't think I was going to make it. And you're not allowed to work in America. And my girlfriend's dad paid for her, like bought her a car, paid for school, paid for her side of the apartment. And my dad didn't. He said, you could stay in Canada, work, save up your money, do it responsibly. And so I did what any young girl did was I just got on the plane with 500 bucks and I thought for sure my parents would cave and pay for it. And they didn't, which funny enough, Rebecca, I actually think that has what is what actually created the foundation that made my life, you know, what it is today, to be really honest. Mm. So, and how old were you then? Uh, I think I was 21. So you were still really young. 
And did you know that you weren't allowed to work in America? Like, what did you think you were going to do for money when you got here? I was really, I, I think I, I kept this naivety all the way through building businesses. Like, I feel like I've been naive enough to make it. And so I never really get too consumed about what, like, how am I going to figure it out? I just stay in the present moment and, and build from there. So I, you know, I just, I went to my head, like, what's the worst case scenario? I go home. So that's all how I needed. How close did you get? I got pretty close. I, I, I threatened my parents. I told my, I told my mom that I was, that I was going to be a stripper and my mom flipped out. She called my dad. She's like, you need to send her money. Cause my dad was a multimillionaire and she goes, you need to send your, your daughter money. And my dad called me up and he did the best takeaway since you love negotiation. He, uh, he said, so I hear that you, you're, you're going to become a stripper. And I swear I turned 18 shades of red over the phone. Like who wants to hear about that from their dad? Like that's not the thing that you want. Like my mom, I could say that too, but my dad, I was like, oh. So my dad, my, I said, I said, yeah, dad, it's the only thing that I can do. I met this girl by the pool. Long story short, you know, you can do this under the table when you can't work in America. And he goes, well, I know you want to be a businesswoman someday. So if you can stand in a boardroom and this come up, like people find out. And if you can navigate through that and hold your head strong, and if you feel like you can do that, then you know that we will never judge you. We always love you. And you got to make your choices in life. And I was like, I had no intention on ever being a stripper. I just wanted them to send me money. That's and all it I worked? Did they send it you money? Nope. Nope. And it was two years later when I made my first hundred thousand Okay, okay. Uh, uh, you yada a lot right there. <laughs> yeah, well, so, so you know, in the next two years, um, I went to immigration attorneys, INS. I went to- How were you living, though? What were you living on? The 500 ran out a long time so ago. So student loans. So I got student loans. And so I had student loans. I, you know, would do odd jobs to make like 40 bucks a day, things like that. So to be able to school. just- Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but I did eventually get my American citizenship because my father is American. And, um, but the INS told me that, uh, I could be 60 years old before I get it. And this is just a real lesson for anybody facing like the government or people of authority telling you what you can and can't do. Um, you know, people of authority tend to believe. I just knew that there was a way. I knew there was a way and I just was relentless about finding it. I found an attorney, um, Adam Green in Los Angeles, who told me I was already American. And I was like, well, the INS told me I wasn't three times. And other immigration attorneys told me that I wasn't and I may or may not ever get that privilege. And he said, they're all wrong. And he had me fill out my passport information, some documentation from my parents, send it in. Sure enough, I got an American passport. I was always American. Mm. So it's crazy. But, um, but you know, I just think like, I don't know if you're a parent or you're facing hard times. Like we, we know that our character is built in those moments, but like we also like our safety is built in those moments and nobody can take away the knowledge of problem solving and figuring out how to be resourceful. Nobody can take that away from me. And it served me so well. It's mm. just served me so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just not taking no because it was said to you and questioning that and going past that, that I'm sure that has served you over and over and over again. 
Um, but I want to I, I want to get to that, and I also want to go back to okay. Your parents said, "Go ahead, be a stripper." What's your stripper name going to be? Destiny, <laughs> or you know, like uh, uh, oh jeez. And you went, "All right, never mind." They they called my bluff. So now what? So so now what? What happens next? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember the exact steps that I did at that point. I mean, I just got resolved. How did you get to your next, your first hundred thousand two years later? So when I got, so I, I ended up meeting Adam Green. You know, I got really relentless at going to the, uh, the immigration meetings at the university. And sure enough, that gateway was right there underneath my nose, like solutions often are. And, um, and when I got my, when I got my passport, I started applying for jobs and the friends that I'd made in, in like the hotel industry in Las Vegas just started connecting me up with, you know, restaurant jobs and things like that. And I just, I worked really hard for the next few years and, I crossed my first hundred thousand and I remember exactly where I was. I was in Vancouver, Canada at Christmas time on my uncle's back patio. My dad was there, um, drinking a cognac and having a cigarette at the time. And, uh, and my dad just started to laugh and I said, I can't believe you didn't send me money. And he's like, I know you so well. I knew that there was, you were way too shy to go and take your clothes off. Like I just knew that you wouldn't do it. And you've always been able to like, we'd buy your plane ticket home. We always told you we'd clear up all your bills there so that you wouldn't have any rendering bills and you could come home and work. But like, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't accept our help. And so you had two choices, survive, you know, and thrive or come home and figure it out. Like I knew that one of the, one of the two, you would end up in in a successful situation. So he always believed in me, but you know, he didn't, he didn't let me take the easy route that a lot of my friends did. You know what I mean? Now, no, like I love my girlfriend that I moved here with and there is a lot of challenges that she's faced as an adult because she didn't have to figure it out as a kid. You know, and so there's a lot of power to that. And I think about that as a mom, Rebecca. Like, you know, I've set up my son's trusts and everything else. And I I sit there and I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm okay if none of it goes to him. Like, I really, and that might sound like tough love. Like, you always want to give it to your kids. But like, I don't want to ruin my kid. Like, like I would rather him make something of himself and then we match him with his trust. And that's stuff that I'm really going through with today because... If I would have had it easier, I'm lazy. I'm lazy. I like I'm lazy. If I like if I don't have to do it, I'm not gonna do it. You know? And so if I have to do it, it creates joy and happiness, prosperity, all that's in facing hard times and getting to the other side of them. And that's not intuitive. Yeah. I, I I do agree with you um, on that. I, I think there's so much in becoming who you're meant to be and actually doing it on your own and 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 seeing struggles and facing them and having your fear and doing it anyway and realizing you survived it and every step of the way. I think there's so much to to creating that grit in who you are and how you feel about yourself. Yeah. And who are you going to trust? The person who, the person who had an easy life or the person who had a hard life and, and is now successful? Which one are you going to trust with your advice, your future? I mean, I'm taking the person that's had the harder road that is like hit success all day long. Yeah. Yeah. 
And now that you mentioned success, I was watching some of your other interviews. And one of the things that you said um, that really struck me that I wanted to ask you to elaborate on here is um, you were talking about success and you were saying you can Google anything about success or whatever, but the truth of the matter is it's more about your emotions than your talents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it really is. It's, it's about your emotions and your talent. And, and it's also about what you base your identity on. So, which is a very, very deep conversation. We just finished an hour of that, like on another conference line a few minutes ago. But, um, uh, talk about that. Talk about that. Because I, I think, you know, your, um, your identity precedes your destiny. Yeah. So, okay. So first let's talk about emotions. Like we know. Anybody who's studied behavioral science and or scripture, God, right? You want to go spiritual, you want to go science, doesn't really matter. There's so much evidence that how you feel about your build in life matters. So for instance, let's just take online marketing for a second because I do, I do it for a living. If I'm doing, um, you know, my first live event or my first virtual, you know, challenge or something like that. I'm doing something online and it just like, I put so much pressure on myself. Well, then your energy is going to be so zapped that getting up to the plate to do that challenge again, that event again, that webinar again, feels like, like a root canal. And so you have to fight all that resistance to get back up, to even be available for people to buy from you or, um, you know, just invest with you and be with you. And so no different in a marriage. If, if like making love with your husband or your wife is like, it's become so mechanical that it's like pulling teeth, like a root canal to just do it. It just happens less frequently. So whether it's money, or intimacy or whatever it is, like when the process is emotionally heavy, then we don't get the fruits of success in our life. And so, you know, so when people are looking at like, why is the consistency not rolling or why am I not having, maybe I thought I was going to be further ahead by now. Analyze your emotions. Instead of like looking at the how-to, you can find any how-to online. And and the truth be told, if you can't find it online, go find an intensive, like a VIP day intensive or something like that. Everybody, and you and I have talked about this, and I have them too, these long drawn out programs. The truth is, is that you can learn something, any tactic in three, four days or three, four hours. Anything you need. If you look at businesses grown, there's two or three that you're going to repeat, two or three strategies you're going to repeat over and over and over again. But yet we still chase this idea that there's a new marketing idea, a new tactic, a new something. But it's like we spend, we waste so much time chasing the how-to when the truth is the driver on the how-to is what matters most. You got two Ferraris on the street. The car's built the same way. You put two different drivers in the seat, a professional driver that a emotionally is intact on what they're doing will drive that Ferrari and pass the cross the finish line a lot a lot further than maybe a driver that's been trained that that just is emotionally stressed out when they're going for it right like you can have they can have the same training start at the same time and the one that's emotionally heavy and in their head all the time has got a problem than the person who actually can sink into it and manage their emotions we see this everywhere. So there's a book called Tiny Habits. I think everybody should read it. I really think everybody should read it. It's called Tiny Tiny Habits. Habits. I'll I'll make sure to put it in the show notes. So good because he'll have you put on a chart, like whatever you want to create in your life. 
And you can put it there. And if it's on the wrong area of the chart, it's not going to happen. I don't care how much discipline, willpower, grit, tenacity you have. It's not going to happen. Everybody has those goals in their life. Everybody. Where it's like, I consider myself like, you know, a resilient woman and I can rely on myself. But yeah, but there's a part of your life that you can't. There's a part of your life that you can't. There's goals in your life. There's goals in every single one of our lives. We don't talk about them because vulnerability is a missed art now. That's because that's why relationships are so broken. Intimacy, people call each other friends and they see each other twice a year in a mastermind. You know what I mean? Like people have no idea how much we're breaking down the system of success. And so that book is incredible because you can put the things you really want to create in your life and chart it and you can actually design it and move it into your, into your life where it's not only probable, it's, it's, it's like definitely going to happen. And so there's certain things like when you look at successful people, you're like, why does it look like it always works for them? Truthfully, they've actually already designed it. And so that's why they can keep hitting that same thing. That's why your business can be working and your marriage is falling apart. You know, so, so that's kind of a long drawn out version of it. But I think people, the, the summary of that is I don't even think I know I have groups of 200, 180 people that go through our leadership program and learn how to manage their emotions. And 100% of them come out class after class after class with their success. What they said they were going to create, they created it. That's extraordinary. We've been able to mirror that in their business coaching. And this is not, by the way, you guys, I'm not seeding my business coaching. There's so much great business coaching out there. You know, you really got to find somebody that fits like what you're trying to create. But like teaching this piece of having people, instead of chasing the how, once you learn two or three tactics at work, just double down. It's volume. It's pretty simple. It's volume. It's traffic. That's it. Like, and everybody thinks it's not because they're emotional. And so they will keep, because of their emotion, keep doing things that make them feel better and chip away at the hours and days and years of their life when they could have created the result in one one year if they actually just focused on their emotions. So that's that. Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zone. How do you pivot if you're in this mindset, if you're feeling like the world is beating down on you, you're in a toxic relationship or things aren't going well for you in your business and you know you're I, my podcast is called Negotiate Your Best Life. You're trying to negotiate your best life. You can't even negotiate with your own self worth for your own self-worth. How do you get past that? Are you looking for a feel-good summer read? Well, I've got it for you. The New York Times bestseller, The Lost and Found Summer Bookshop, is now available in paperback. Written by Susan Wiggs, the plot is that after her mother's death, Natalie Harper inherits a charming but financially strapped bookshop in San Francisco and becomes a caretaker for her ailing grandfather. She finds that books provide a welcome solace for her grief and struggle. People Magazine calls the book a feel-good family saga, a charming tale about the silver linings of unwanted detours. It's perfect for readers of Jennifer Weiner, Emily Henry, Elin Hildebrand, and more. It's a great book for book clubs. It's great for poolside, on the beach, at the lake, on vacation, whatever. The link to purchase it is in the show notes. Grab it and get carried away into your summer escape. 
When it comes to the safety of a child in a divorce case involving alcohol abuse, there is no compromise. Take back power, strength, and truth from the narcissist in your life with documented proof of sobriety. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking when a child's safety is at risk. Soberlink's real-time alerts make it easy to negotiate with any party. Judges can rest assured that the child is safe. Attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. Get an exclusive $50 off your device by emailing info at soberlink.com and mentioning Negotiate Your Best Life podcast. Take a listen to our archive where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. And what always seems to resonate is the idea of energy vampires. Like we're not going to allow energy vampires to suck the life out of our team and our mission and our vision. And as an attorney, as a negotiator, you can't allow that other person to drain your energy, to drain your focus, to drain what you're here to do. And now we return to today's show. I agree with you 100%. What I'm hearing people say, the collective in my audience, is they're going to go, that's great if your life is going well. It's really easy to feel good if everything is is going no, well for you. But that, exactly. That's, that, that, first so of all... I want all, you to talk about how do you pivot if you're in this mindset, if you're feeling like the world is beating down on you, you're in a toxic relationship or things aren't going well for you in your business. And, you know, you're, I, the, my podcast is called Negotiate Your Best Life. You're trying to negotiate your best life. You can't even negotiate with your own self for, for your own self-worth. How yeah. do you get past that? So don't be right about that. That's the first thing. I mean, that's the first thing I got to tell you. If, if, if you justify all of that, then you've already given your power away. So take your power back. Do you know what I mean? Like take your power back. And the way that you take your power back is you, you know, um, scripturally, scripturally, the world was created by the word, right? Um, oh my God, I say you, that all the time. Yeah, it, but it, it was. And so notice that I if you- there keep, was the word and the word was God. That's right. And if you keep speaking what you've always spoke over your life, you're going to keep getting what you've always gotten in your life. And so people, we literally, we literally just did a call on this. My friend Rex was just talking about this. He's an incredible, he's an, he's an incredible man of God. And, and when Rex speaks, people heal. But it's not Rex, it's the Holy Spirit. And, but that's, you don't need to go to Rex to heal. You need to know your authority. And so that comes back to your word. However, one of the things he was sharing with our client base, we have a a client base that are, is interested in walking like this. And, and he's like, you know, at the end of the day, he goes, you know, the angels are frustrated with you. You know why? (laughs) Because all they're doing is protecting you. Because they're not there for you to pray to, to answer your prayers. They're not answering your word. So when you're praying about what you want and you're trying to manifest if it's new age and you're trying to like new age yourself into positive thinking, well, the reason why it doesn't consistently work or or it only works for a minute, the reason why it works for a minute is because you have authority. 
right? But if you want it to work for good, you need to literally know what's available for you in this atmosphere, which is heaven on earth, which is also not just for you. It's also for demonic, not to go too much into that. But, but my point is, is that angels are there to protect and to execute on God's word. And so like, if you don't know his word, and you're just praying, you're wondering why prayers are not coming through, then you really have to understand that you're probably praying your words because you don't know your authority yet, right? And your authority is actually his words. So for instance, like you can actually, you can speak, and this is where people, they find it far-fetched, right? It's like, you can speak cancer away. I can tell you two people right now that I know that, that this just has happened to in the last couple of years. Okay. I watched Rex speak the other day and he goes, somebody's rotting. Their, their cheek is rotting. Your jawline's rotting. And he goes, it's already healed. Go back to the dentist. It's healed. Jesus already healed it. She went to the dentist the next day. Sure enough, she called him with a testimony. The dentist, like, I, I don't know what's happened. So, you know, I don't want to go too far in this because I think some people can discount it as not real. But like when you start seeing, so it's like, what do you want to speak over? Do you want to speak over what you've already seen and you want to keep doing it within your will? Or do you want to grab onto a little bit about what I'm saying right now and start like, you know, finding like there's a, there's a great Bible called the Passion Translation. It's written, it's written like a great novel. And when you read it, it's called the Passion Translation Bible. When you read it, when you read something, that jumps out. You know how like when you're reading a personal development book, there's something like, oh, I needed to hear that. When you have that, I needed to hear that moment. Then take it and write it down, write it down on a piece of paper and speak it over your life in the first person. So one of the things that it's God's word is written, his word, but instead of saying his word like that, I own it. So one piece I say every day, I say my life and my family's life will be, is an advertisement of the immense power and how you work through us. So that's actually God's words. It's not, God, can you fix my family? Can you make my husband love me more? Can you make him just stop being like this? And can you, can you stop the fighting between us? That's not God's words. Because he never, the fighting is because there's spiritual warfare happening. And so it's hard to design your best life if you don't know where we came from. It really is. And there's, look, I have a personal development program too, and it's incredible, but it's not that. And so all the personal development work that you do is to get you in your leadership. And it's really great chipping away at the rocks around you, but you gotta go, you gotta get into the word. I'm a huge fan of this. Anybody who's ever gotten into God's word, it's like, it's like working out and then you stop working out because you feel good. You're like, I look pretty good in my clothes. So I'm just going to start drinking a little bit more wine. I'm going to have a little bit more dessert. And before you know it, like it only takes a week, a week and a half and you feel frumpy again where it took you two months to get strong. It's like, just stay in it because there's things like learning, like right now, right now, Rebecca, on this earth, there's a rise of the prophetic. And that, that's what we were all meant to be, which means you are meant to speak, speak life over things. My son literally asked to put on gospel music and pray last night. Where'd that come from? That's, we will be an advertisement. We'll be an advertisement for your great immense power. 
So I don't know how far you want me to go on this, but it's, it's a game changer. I, well, I'm loving what you're saying. I, I, I want to go back also to, you started to talk about your identity and how you, your identity really does precede your destiny. And, you know, even going back to God's word, um, you know, to put it into terms of what you were talking about, you know, asking you shall, shall receive and, um, you know, you don't even have to be Christian. You don't even have to believe in God if you don't want to. But yeah. you can, um, if you believe that you can conceive an idea and really put your emotions and power behind it and believe that it's going to manifest in your life, it will. Well, that's because God gave us authority for that. Do you know what I mean? So that that's that's actually authority. Like we know we know in the history books that Jesus walked on the earth and walked around creating miracles. We actually know that. Like it's not whether we believe it or we don't. We actually know that. Just like like the script, like the history books of like you know America when slavery was abolished. Like we know these things, but some people call him a prophet and some people call him the Messiah. Do you know what I mean? And so if you look at anything like manifesting or law of attraction, it was all pulled out of scripture. A lot of people don't know that, right? And so it's like when you're, so you're right, you're a hundred percent right. When you, when you believe with a lot of conviction, it happens. Well, what happens when people don't believe? Well, then you're stuck because what happens is you don't have the words, well, you have words, but the words that you're saying to yourself are, I, I'm always going to be poor. I don't have enough money. Oh, that person has way more money than I do. And who are they to have money? And how come they always get everything that, you know, and if you listen to yourself, you know, you're saying these words and then expecting Right, you know, God or the universe or whoever to deliver you the opposite of what you're saying. Well, and that, that comes back to authority again and your identity. Where's your identity? Is your identity in your car or is it in a higher power? You know what I mean? And, and if it's in your car, well, there's, there's enough, there's enough marketing groups you can go be a part of that people's identity is in their car or their jet or any of that. Do you know what I mean? Well, speaking and, of narcissists, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. And so, you know, you, you know that in a deep way, but a lot of people have that, that, um, that unconscious commitment that they don't realize. Like, for instance, I've coached a lot of people that they don't really want to be a multimillionaire. They, 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 they go on that pursuit, but then like what happens is they don't want to solve the problems, become a multimillionaire, or they don't really want to have a great marriage because they think somehow it should have just worked like that. And there's no building process. So you'll know what you really want because you'll be willing to build it. Mm, you'll be yeah. willing to build it. And so really start like when you're not willing to build something, do a heart check. And be like, am I on the right path? Because if you're, you know, it, you know, there's so often we are peer pressured. I mean, we're just so often we're peer pressured. Um, unfortunately, I mean, it just, we just are like, you know, we're peer pressured and we're peer pressured vax, no vax, depending on the group of people you hang out with. You're peer pressured homeschool 
elite education or Ivy League education. It like you get what I'm saying. So depending on the group you spend your time with, this is why we know that who you marry is one of the most important choices you can make because they're they're with you. And they influence you no matter what. And so do your friends. Who are your friends? Who are you masterminding with? Who are you like going and having a glass of champagne with? Who are you spending time with? Because you're, they're pouring into you as much as you're pouring into them and you rise together like that, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, it was a big aha to me to realize like, I actually never wanted to grow a big business. It just happened. What I do love is impacting people. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing an about page on my new website. And I'm like, you guys, I don't really care about the Forbes, the entrepreneur, the $100 million. I don't like, I'm like, why don't we just not put that on? Because you know how people know who I am? Look at my marriage. Look at my parenting as I hear them coming up. Look at how I treat my team at Hardcore Business. Look at the retirement plans I'm putting into play for them right now and have done in the past. Look at my friendships. Look at how many friends I've poured into their marriages or their livelihoods or hooked up their companies. Look at my client's success. Forget about the Forbes. Just so you know, all that can be bought. It can all be bought. Larry King Live can be bought. Like it can all be bought. You want all the credentials in the world, the blue ticket ticker on, you know, badge on Instagram. It's, it's all bought. The influencer marketing online, Instagram me, I'll connect you with the people. Do you know what I mean? Like everything's bought. And we live in this world that everybody wants to have 200,000 people on their Instagram. It's easy. It's not hard. And it, the real followers, the real but it's bought. You have money. You can get that in like 45 days. Do you know what I mean? Two months, you know? So we live in this world that everybody's like looking at curated lifestyles and they think they want it. And that's not real. Do you know how many people like from Instagram, YouTube, Facebook with all these followers have come to me on the back end and they're not making any money. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, Don't go after the jet if you don't care about the jet or don't need it, unless it's a tax write-off. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and if you need a tax write-off, then don't go to the guy that's telling you to open up a 401k and buy a house and get married. You better go find the person that understands it a different, you get what I'm saying? So it's all built. It's built and a lot of imagery is bought. And so really figure out what you want. Um, I, unfortunately we're about out of time, but I want, I, I want you to, um, leave us with like one of your favorite mantras. What's one of the favorite things that you love to say to yourself or that you think would be super powerful for others? Um, so something that, um, I say to myself is stay in the step I'm in and that just reduces a lot of pressure. So if, when you're building something, if emotionally, the thing that's going to take you out is going to be your emotions, then that's just saved my life. And it saved thousands of our clients' lives. So just every time you feel worry or you feel like you got to figure out the next step or your future pacing yourself, you're like, well, what happens? Like my friend Dean Graziosi, I remember saying to him, I go, I'm launching an infomercial. Like, what about like, how do I make sure my call team's right? And this is right. And he goes, you're not even on that step. Like, let's see if you have a successful infomercial. And like, if it hits, turn it off, go build that team, come back, turn it back on. 
Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh yeah, stay in the step you're in. So remind the people you love to stay in the step you're in. It'll help you remember to stay in the step you're in and stay in the step you're in. And that will just change your emotional connection to anything you're doing. Oh, I love that. Um, Where can people learn more about you? Um, Honestly, I think the best place that I'm still connected, Rebecca, uh, and it's not people on our team, is actually on Instagram. So if you want to put my Instagram down there, it's under my name, Shanda Sumter. It's the best place to to actually find us. Awesome. Thank you so much. Shanda Sumter, you rock. (laughs) Thanks for stopping by and listening to this episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Check back next Monday for more inspirational pearls of wisdom. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd love if you would give it a five-star rating and tell me what you liked in a review on iTunes. Also, be sure to grab your winning negotiation cheat sheet at winmynegotiation.com. And remember, today is a perfect day to start negotiating your best life.